you sing worship songs, you feel closer to God than when you're not. But whether you feel close to him right now or this week or distant, I just want to encourage us uh, just to think of perhaps four ways that can help us to draw near to God this week in all that we go through. The first is to come as we are. You know, we, we read a minute ago that to come with a sincere heart, draw near to God with a sincere heart. You know, sometimes I think we feel like we have to have it all together before we can come to God. You know, we feel like we have to get things right before we can spend time in, in prayer. Actually, we've got to spend time in prayer to then get things right. You know, we need to just come to God as we are. There's, we don't have to have any false pretenses. We don't have to pretend to be someone. You know, God looks at the heart while man looks at their outward appearance. You know, sometimes we're so concerned with what, what the outward is looking like, but actually God knows what's going on in our heart. You know, it's good just to sometimes assess and just take a moment to pause and think, how am I doing? You know, in my walk with God and, and in life, and, and what are the real big challenges? What are the things that perhaps are weighing heavy on my heart? And you might be aware of them, but God just says, bring them to me. You know, you don't have to deal with them before you come to him. Draw near to him. I remember uh, a number of years ago when I got baptized, um, I delayed the decision to get baptized for maybe eight or nine years, really, from when I first gave my life to Jesus. And many people say, why did you wait such a long time? Why did you not just get baptized within a year or two of of giving your life to Jesus? And for me, it was I'd, I'd misunderstood what it was not just to be a Christian, but about baptism as well, in the sense of, I felt like I had to be perfect. <laughs> and as, you, as many people who know me, that's still not the case. But like, and, and none of us will be. You know, when we come to, to get baptized, or when we give our lives to Jesus, it's not about us being perfect, but knowing that we live for someone who is, and someone that took our place so we don't have to be. You know, of course, we strive to be more like Jesus, and that's the pursuit, that's the journey of walking towards him and living with him. But we don't have to be perfect. Jesus is a friend of sinners. It's good news today, isn't it? You know, just because we become Christians, it doesn't mean we stop sinning. You know, there's still challenges and difficulties in our life. Of course, we know that they're not, not helpful, but um, Jesus is a friend of sinners. And when we see in the, the Bible that Jesus spent time with the lepers, you know, he touched them and that was considered, you know, unclean. But he spent time with, with tax collectors who were the outcast in society. You know, he didn't go to, to the people that were sort of, you know, uh, the religious leaders. Actually, he was quite um, strong with those people in, in the ways that, and the words that he spoke with them. He just loved spending time with perhaps the sinners and the, those that were struggling, those that were considered outcasts from society. And for us, we just have to come as we are. Just come as you are. We just have to make time for him in the things that we do. He's not looking for perfection. It's not about how good we are. It's not about the the good things we can do. You know, that's a a big myth within Christianity that it's about our good works as well. You know, not necessarily about getting right, but sometimes we think if we can do lots of good things, then we'll be right with God. That's not true. You know, it's good when we do good works as a result of our faith, and God loves it, and, and that's what the Bible encourages us to do. But that's not to earn our salvation. That's a result of our gratitude to what he's done in our life and our way of saying thank you. You know, we sing worship songs, but doing good is just as much worship to him as well. The word repentance itself means to, to change direction. 
I was at a conference uh, earlier in the year, and um, it's a day of prayer in Birmingham. I just went with a few uh, Elim ministers, and one of the pastors that was speaking at the time, he says, before we turn from, we have to turn to. You know, before we turn from our sins, we have to turn to our Savior. You know, for me, that was just a real simple insight, but yet it's so profound. Just keep coming to him. Just keep coming to God with whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind. Just keep bringing it before him. The ability to turn from our sin isn't based on our strength, but it's based on his. And you know, last week it was great. Dave just sort of went off tangent a little bit, didn't he? He just scrapped his sermon. But actually, he said something about, like, who are we? You know, who are we in the sense of actually, you know, we're nothing, you know, in compared to God, you know, and we're sinners, we're broken, we're, you know, we fall short of the glory of God, don't we? But I think whilst, we, whilst that's true, sometimes we can stay there, even as Christians. You know, but actually by Jesus' death and resurrection, then we're sort of set free from those things. You know, we, we're no longer bound by those things. And actually, sometimes I think, you know, we have to understand who we are in the sense of God's salvation and our view of ourselves, but not to wallow in that, not to stay there. You know, to move forward. I am a new creation. You know, we're born again victorious and loved. We have a new identity rooted in him, adopted into his family. I wonder if you were to sort of measure yourself on a scale of one to ten in regards to closeness to God right now. You know, sometimes that might vary at different times in your life. Sometimes you might feel really close to God and other times you might feel really distant. But wherever you are on that scale of one to ten, God's loving arms are always open. They're always open and he always welcomes you home. You know, like the story of the prodigal son. He loves you. He loves you no matter what you've done, no matter where you are. His arms are open wide. So the first is to come as you are. But the second is to come close. Come closer to him. You know, we, have to, we do this by sort of positioning ourselves, positioning our hearts and minds, putting ourselves in a place where we can be connected with him. Because we know he's with us everywhere we go. We've heard that already. But we want to be near the people we love. You know, you just think of the people in your life that that you hold dear to and and love very much. You make an effort to be with them, don't you? You know, it's not like hard work, although sometimes it is actually. (laughs) You you make time to be with them, don't you? You know, you prioritize that in your life and you say, yeah, I want to be with them because I love them. And the same is with Jesus. You know, he loves to be with you. He loves to be with you more than anything. You know, when you set time aside, you're showing your love to him, but he's actually... Showing his love to you as well. I don't know if you've uh, into or been to concerts or been to gigs or different things like that. A number of years ago, my sister uh, is a big Mariah Carey fan. Yeah, I did say it's my sister, not me. So use that clear there. But she went to see her live and she managed to get front row tickets. Pretty impressive, hey? It's quite hard to get that, but she's a big fan. She got them. And not only did she get front row tickets, but... Mariah Carey touched her hand. Honestly, true story. And she was, you can imagine, like, as a big fan as she is, she was absolutely overwhelmed. Mariah Carey touched her hand. She still tells me today, I'm like, I don't really care, to be honest. (laughs) You know, and this illustration does fall short to a degree, but, you know, God wants us and gives us front row tickets. 
You know, God says, come near to me. You know, it doesn't matter where you are or what you've done. Actually, God loves you so much that you have a front row ticket to be with him. You know, he just says, draw near to me. Draw near to God. You know, it's just so important that we spend time just drawing close to him. Not just uh, as a religious ritual or a tradition, but actually to invest in that relationship which he gave his life for you. And it's just a way that we can say thank you to him. You know, I'm sure many of you will have heard of this, but draw near to him and he will draw close to you. What a great promise in the word, isn't it? Draw near to him and he will draw close to you. Uh, You know, this isn't necessarily physical or geographical either. You know, it's about the heart, isn't it? You know, you could be a million miles away from someone, yet still love them very dearly. You know, you've probably got friends and family based around the country or overseas that you love very dearly. But we, like, I've got a friend that lives, you know, down south, and I don't get to see them a huge amount. But actually, what I do is, and what we do is, we invest in communication. You know, with technology these days, we can call quite regularly. And it's that speaking that, that keeps that friendship and that relationship alive. And it's the same when we draw near to God. We've got to be intentional about drawing close to him and making time. The frequency of our communication, it says, give us this day our daily bread. It's daily. You know, sometimes we think, you know, once a week on a Sunday, that will suffice. It doesn't for me. <laughs> you know, I can't just say, you know, my prayers and, and worship him on a Sunday and then the rest of the week. You know, I did that a lot when I was younger and... It was almost like this double life. And I was like, you know, I want to give you my all, God. He gave his all for us. You know, it's the least we can do for him. Does someone know how to turn this off? It's definitely the young people. I'll get them later. Don't worry. (laughs) Dear me. They've done that before as well. But, you know, our closeness is not built up upon quality time or quantity of time, but it's both. You know, there's sometimes where we have these great encounters with God and these moments where we just want them to last forever. But sometimes it's not like that. And it's just the, the life, it just, you know, it's tough and it's a grind sometimes and it's hard work. Sometimes we're tired. But sometimes it's that quantity as well, just that consistency of daily habits, daily behaviors. I, was, uh, I don't know if you've ever played the Chinese Whispers. Is there a different name of it in Derby? It's quite common yeah <laughs> just getting that assured and um, you know you have to come close to people don't you to hear what the actual message is being said you know often I would change the message on purpose you know I'm sure all the kids do that these days anyway but we have to come close don't we to hear what's being said you know sometimes people say I haven't heard from God for years but when was the last time you actually came close enough to actually hear him you know and a few weeks ago, I had this, the word sort of voices just uh, on my heart, really, thinking, you know, what's the most predominant voice in our life? You know, what are the loudest voices that we're allowing into us in the sense of, is it God's word? Is it perhaps our friends and our family? Is it our work colleagues? Is it the television and the media? You know, there's lots of different voices that we're hearing all the time. But which is it that, that we're making most time for that's perhaps the most predominant? And as I had this sort of word on my heart and just began to sort of just think about it a little bit more, I was reading in Mark chapter 1, um, just in my sort of daily reading, and before Jesus went into the, the wilderness and in, in his baptism, many of you will know this, a voice from heaven came down and says, You are my son, whom I love, with you I am well pleased. What a great voice to come from heaven to say to Jesus those things and it's true for us as well 
You know, you are my son, you are my daughter, with whom I love. And this was before Jesus did anything in ministry. Before he, did, he went and healed the sick, before he, you know, he died and rose again, before he did any of that for us, God still loved him. And, and that is a, a voice that I want to hear in my life again and again, is actually, do you know what? Before we do anything, our identity is one of, of, of God's sons and daughters, that we're loved by him, and that he's well pleased with us. You know, but there's other voices, isn't there? You know, later on in Mark chapter 1, Jesus casts out a demon, and Jesus spoke really sternly to the demon, and, and he says, be quiet. Sometimes we have to tell these voices, be quiet, and, and embrace the voices that, that God's speaking and the Bible uh, is teaching us. My sheep listen to my voice. You know, just making time to hear him, to listen to him, and come closer to him in these ways, and we did a series not long ago, uh, the Shepherd series, and I remember Dave saying this. He says, the secret to coming through the valleys of life is not dependent upon our own perseverance, but upon our proximity to the shepherd. The closeness of God isn't just a nice thing, but it, it makes a whole world of difference in our lives. Through the storms of life, but through every season. So we come as we are, we come close to him. And thirdly, is to come with expectation. Come with expectation. It says a full assurance of faith. You know, we need to base our expectations on who God is, not on what we can do. You know, we're reminded when we read the word, you know, and that's why I encourage people to read the word, is, is to be reminded of what God has done, who God is, but also what God can do. You know, it stirs something up within us when we read it reminds ourselves I think sometimes we can forget in the day-to-day life of work of family of all the things that life brings is we can forget just how not good God is but how great God is and how amazing and you know how powerful he is and how loving he is and as we read that and surround ourselves perhaps with people that are full of faith you know that's why coming to church is good because we hear stories of of people perhaps you know experiencing God and encountering God and you know leading people to faith healing people you know if we just do it on our own we don't hear those stories you know and we come together and we encourage one another we build one another up so that we can do what he's called us to do and we can draw closer to him uh, I was serving uh, in the kitchen. Uh, I do this on a Thursday in Happy Days. It's one of the highlights of the week, really. <laughs> As I say, Rob's on the front row this week, I've got to say that. Um, but we were sort of just reminiscing in the kitchen of, of old worship songs that we used to sing in years gone by. And I'm not sure if, you know, ones that come to mind that, that perhaps your favorites or classics from yesteryear. And there was one in, in the 90s that, that maybe some of you will remember. It said, All things are possible. All things are possible. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm not in the worship team, really. But, um, <laughs> you know, in that song, it says, When I am weak, you make me strong. When I am poor, I know I'm rich. For in the power of your name, all things are possible. You know, I mean, I know the song's a bit cheesy, and we were laughing a little bit about it. But actually, there's something powerful by repeating that. All things are possible in the name of Jesus. You know, I think we need to stir up that expectation when we come close to him, we begin to realize that actually we're not just following some false idol, we're following the true and living God who can do all things. You know, and for me, you know, when you live life with that companion, with that friend, with that father figure in your life that is with you through the ups and the downs, it just gives you that bit more hope, doesn't it? It gives you that bit more encouragement, that more strength. 
So as we draw near to him, let's come with expectation. Let's come with faith-filled lives. I wonder what you're perhaps trusting God for in your life at the moment. Is there an area that you're depending on him? You know, I sometimes feel challenged so often to think, actually, what am I depending God for? You know, we can go through life and we, can, we like to depend on our own strength, don't we? We like to make sure that everything's going to work out okay and have our plans. But actually, God encourages us to live by faith. So it's like someone said earlier, it's okay not to know what's happening. To look, sort of be a little bit out of control in one way or another. Because our hope, our faith, our trust is in someone who is in control. Who does know the end from the beginning. Who does know the best for our lives. So I just encourage you to think, okay, how am I living by faith? What am I trusting God for in, in the season of your life at the moment? Because that will then draw us closer to him. Keep depending on him. Keep believing in him. So we come as we are. We come close to him and we come with expectation. But fourthly and finally, we come to him now. It says that we come with a sincere heart. You're clicking the slides on, is it? Stop. Anyway, it's all right. <laughs> we come to him as we are. We come close to him, come with expectation, and we come now. You know, it says in this passage in Hebrews 10, we come with a sincere heart. It's what's on our heart that reveals what our priorities are. It reveals what matters most to us. We have to be intentional about our priorities. I, I know I've shared before, and many of you know me, like, I, I like lists, and I like tick lists, and, and you know, trying to be organized and make sure you, know, you feel a bit productive in the things you do. Um, but I have a tendency, maybe some of you will resonate with this, to procrastinate, put things down. You know, I know I need to do it, but then it gets put down a little bit. But you know what? Spending time with God, we should always prioritize that in our life. You know, sometimes we think that we don't have to do it straight away or we can, we can put it back. You know, I know that there's other things in our life that we have to do. But actually none are more important than just spending some time with God. It's not taking away the value and the importance of the day-to-day tasks, of course. You know, we still have to put the bins out. You know, we still have to make breakfast and we still have to do, you know, look after the people that are in our lives. But actually we should never sacrifice time with God. You know, we should never put that low on the list of, of our um, priorities. Some of you might have heard of this. Uh, it's a guy called Eisenhower. I'm not sure where he's from, but he's, he's done something called the Matrix of uh, Important versus Urgent. Some of you might have seen this. There's a little, should be a slide. Is it on the screen? Yeah. Some of you might have seen this, and it's, I think it's to do, really to do with business as much as anything, or just to, in, in these tick lists or these uh, being productive and such. And as you can see, there's a side that says importance and a side which is urgent. And you might have many things in your life that you think, yeah. I've got to do this today, otherwise it's never going to get done. Or it's just so important that I have to do it now. You know, there's a level of urgency. But there's also a a level of importance, isn't there, in some of these tasks, whether it's at work, at home, whatever season of life, or wherever we do, there's, there's things that are really important that we need to do. But actually, sometimes what happens is, you know, when they're merged together, you know, if it's lower urgent, urgency and low importance we tend not to do it (laughs) why would we (laughs) you know if it doesn't need to get done and it's not important but then you can see actually if it's urgent we'll say we need to do it soon but if it's important we'll say we'll do it later but actually when they're merged together you know we do it now you know and actually I sometimes think that when it comes to our devotional time or spending time with God that actually often fits in 
perhaps these two yellow boxes. We know it's important, but we'll do it later. Or we, we know that, you know, if we haven't done it for a while, so it needs to be urgent, so we'll do it soon. But sometimes it even slips into this red box, doesn't it? You know, that, that, just speaking from experience, then we de- just defer it in our lives. But actually, do you know where we should be spending our time? If we just click the next slide, <laughs> in that box there now. You know, we need to be spending time with God now. Because the, the more we put it off, I, I just think it just becomes less and less important, less of a priority in our life. And, you know, you think, yeah, I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. But actually, tomorrow rarely comes, does it? You know, and you think, okay. So just to encourage you, really, you know, if we want to draw closer to him, Look, what are we waiting for? <laughs> you know, let's stop uh, put, making excuses. I'm speaking to myself here as much as anything. You know, let's put it first. You know, if I was to say now, <laughs> I was actually going to do it, but you'll, you'll see why I didn't. If I was to say, you know, it's got 20 pounds here. First one to get it, it's 20 pounds is yours. I wonder who would have come to the front. You know, it's, it's urgent. Yeah, Phil would have come straight away. Yeah, 20 quid. That's why I didn't do it because I... <laughs> But do you know what? Like, actually, sometimes in life, there's things that we think urgent. You know, is it Black Friday or, or the, when the sales are on? People are queuing and they're out there straight away. They're, that's a priority for them. They've made it important. But nothing in this world is more important than time with God. Nothing is more important than just setting time aside to say, actually, do you know what? I want to be with you, Jesus. You know, whether you're in a good time or not, time with God is always important and is always valuable. And it's really good to invest in that relationship with him. It says in Psalm 145, verse 18, that the Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. You know, God's loving arms are always open wide to us in whatever we're going through. What are we waiting for? I wonder if the band would just come back up. And I wonder if we just perhaps just stand as we, we come to close in a moment. I just think, you know, in these areas of coming as we are, coming close to him with expectation and coming now, you know, I just want you to just, you know, I know there's other things on our mind and we're getting ready for the rest of the week and hopefully we won't, you know, walk in the flood on the way back. But just, just I just want you to close your eyes for a moment just to remove ourselves from the distractions of, of those around us and just to think about, I said about that scale of one to ten in regards to your closeness with him. You know, this isn't a competition, but this is about your heart, your relationship with God. Maybe there's something that you know that's not right. The Lord says, come as you are. We're going to sing a song in just a moment. Draw me close to you. But before we sing that, I just want to allow an opportunity for you to just to think about where you are with God. Maybe you just need a fresh touch from him this morning to encounter him again in your life, to say, God, I need you. Without you, I'm nothing. Maybe you need breakthrough in your life for a certain situation. Maybe you just haven't drawn near to him for a long time. You know, you might come to church, which is great, but setting time aside in the week has been a real struggle. And you just know that you need to draw near to him again this week. If that's you, I just encourage you to come forward this morning. He says, draw near to me. You know, there's nothing more special about the front, of course. 
But actually there's this symbolic act by coming forward. He's saying, God, yes, I want to come close to you. I want to draw near to you. And of course it's a heart matter. But if that's you, just begin to come forward now. And as people begin to make their way, there might be a, a few of you here this morning that haven't given your life to Jesus. And as we've talked about coming forward or coming to, closer to God, you think, I want to know this Jesus for the first time. I want to encounter this love, this grace. You know, I don't have to work at it, but I just want to come as I am this morning. And Jesus says, welcome. He says, I love you. You know, if you want to make that decision for the first time this morning and bring your sins to him and say, make him the Lord of your life, just encourage you to come forward as well with, with these people that have come forward. There'll be people here just to pray over us. Pray over you. It might seem that one of the most simplest things that we can do in our Christian life to draw near to God, but it's perhaps one of the most important. So as we sing this song, let us just...